0: welcome back
1: everybody this is jennifer
0: and this is tamra
1: and today we thought we would talk about a super fun topic conflict conflict resolution resolution.
0: (laughs) and actually this is our second take trying to record the episode we had a fight over the last one (laughs) just kidding not really (laughs) but no we wanted to talk today about some of the, the ways that we have learned over the course of time to resolve our conflicts when we have them um you just agree that I'm always right. I, I usually tell you you're right at least once a day, just as a good practice. It feels good. Yeah, I know you love it. <laughs> if I don't say it every day, then she says to me, oh, I haven't heard that in
1: a while. Right. It could be like 30 minutes. And I'm like, oh, it's been so long since you said that to me. No, that is not how we resolve our conflict. Don't use that because it won't work no matter how much you try to placate the other person. So we thought we would start out by talking about how uh, a little bit about about how our past or our past relationships had contributed to the ways in which we were ill-prepared to deal with conflict in a meaningful relationship
0: yeah for me i was you know prior to uh, meeting you and marrying you i was in a 14 year relationship and i think in that 14 year relationship i did also learn some healthier ways to handle conflict because i really didn't have i didn't have a lot of tools in my toolbox so to speak when it came to arguing and how to get through those um but her and i learned our own way to manage conflict but i think even coming into our relationship with you my relationship with you i still carried some of that baggage from prior relationships first of of all um i think i also you know any tools that i did have or that i learned i brought forward but some of those tools didn't necessarily work because i'm special (laughs) (laughs) Well, our relationship is unique, like everybody's relationship. And, um, you know, I think we had to just, we had to over the course of time, learn how to talk to each other and communicate with one another, even when we were upset or angry or hurt. And that was not, that was not easy, especially in the beginning, but I think it's gotten better over time.
1: Yeah, it definitely has gotten better. And you touched on your past relationship. For me, my inability to do any sort of conflict resolution is two part, really. I was raised by my grandparents, and they believed that children should be seen and not heard and rarely seen at that. And so I didn't really have a lot of the conflict resolution. And I didn't I didn't didn't
0: have a lot of opportunity for conflict.
1: No, no. I, you know, fighting with myself in my bedroom, it was, (laughs) yeah, that's a whole nother level of crazy that I did not achieve, but you know, there's, there's goals in life. Um, so I didn't have that. I didn't have it modeled for me really either. And so I didn't really have a chance to learn it growing up. I didn't really have a lot of friends either. And then because my brain tends to be so rigid, I want to see things my way, not necessarily the other person's way. And it's taken me a lot of time and a lot of effort to be able to put myself into your shoes in particular, you know, and then my past relationships. It was just easier to shut down. Yeah. You know, and then I learned to do everything myself. And that in itself can lead to conflict. And so I think that just opening up our minds um especially mine and my heart to like you're not out to hurt me and that's something a pattern that i had to learn to break and i'm still learning to break
0: yeah and i think you know a big difference between you and i and i think we've talked about this a little bit on our podcast uh is that you know i i tend to come from a place of the heart -hmm. And how I feel, whereas you come from the brain and what you think. And we both had to learn. I had to learn to get out of my heart a little bit when we would have conflict and to think about the situation in more, you know, trying to take some of the emotion out of it. Like, okay, did she actually say what I thought she said? And was it really as bad as I thought it was? And I think you had to kind of learn to do the opposite. You had to get out of your head and get into your heart a little bit and think, you know, how. How could I have made her feel by saying what I said? Could I have hurt her feelings? And once we started to do that, I think we began to learn how we could do a better job of ending arguments.
1: Yeah. Or not getting into them.
0: Yes. yes. You know,
1: I, I don't think I've spent this much time south of my neck in my entire life, you know, as opposed to, you know, being in the relationship with you because I do, you know, your heart is who you are. And it and is your
0: brain is who you are.
1: Right. Does that make us like pinky in the brain? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> so, you know, I had to take that moment to be able to stop and say to myself, okay, Jen, you want to say this, but that might hurt your feelings. And learning to just be able to put myself on pause. Because, I mean, I always joke around that I love to be just a surprise that what comes out of my mouth is the next person. (laughs) But that is a recipe for disaster when it comes to somebody's heart in a relationship.
0: So I think we should share with listeners some of the tricks and tools that we have learned, Um, you know, to be completely honest and transparent. We, we did i think a therapy session mm-hmm. our intention when we started was that we would we would go for a few sessions but yeah. we actually had a really great 90 minute session with this woman who's more of a coach and after talking with her i think it we both left there feeling really good about the foundation of our relationship and the way that, ways in which we communicate you know, she was very complimentary that we are both open and emotionally intelligent and that we're both willing to communicate and that that was huge in you know learning how to get through conflict um, I think another thing that's really helped us is the book that we were reading which I'm not remembering the title right now it's a book on relationships and um, the author in the book suggests doing these different exercises and I think you and I started it months ago and we we still haven't gotten through the book but we we found that the book was just making us talk about and think about areas of our relationship that before we hadn't acknowledged. Um, and it was really powerful for us to just to sort of sit there with each other and through our discussions, I think, realize that there are so many things that are so good about our relationship and that that those things far outweigh... You know, those moments of anger or resentment or bitterness or disagreement. And I guess what it really comes down to is, you know, being able to shift our energy from something that's negative to something that's positive. And I think we've both gotten really skilled at that. You know, that when we're in a... Oh, it takes practice. (laughs) It does take practice. I think we're still learning, but I think that's been something that's been huge for us It's just being able to pivot from negative to positive. And sometimes it can be done fairly quickly and easily, but sometimes it takes longer. Um, but that's definitely, I think been a great tool for us is just, okay, I'm going to sit over here and I'm gonna think about all the reasons why I know she loves me because she does this and she does that. And she says this and she says that. And I just start to feel better and less angry and eventually I can kind of talk myself out of being angry about whatever it is that was said or that happened because I realize in that moment like this is just it was a moment and it was a misunderstanding and there are so many good things about our relationship and I'd rather focus on that
1: yeah absolutely I mean the brain is hardwired for negativity it's a survival mechanism from when we were cave people where you know like if if our brains perceive that there is any sort of danger mental emotional physical it doesn't matter to the brain it's going to make you focus on those negative yeah. things and relationships are really no different it's an area of vulnerability it can be very scary at times you're literally trusting this person with the concept of your heart, which is breakable and fragile. They can't break you, but they could hurt your heart. And yet we are also hardwired to seek out relationships. And I think that that is something that is so critical in being aware of how you speak to one another and how, how a couple deals with conflict. And for both of us, you know, when early on in our relationship, most of our fights were over text messages.
0: Yeah. Well, and you have a tendency to be sarcastic. It's kind of your sense of humor. Who, me? (laughs) And I didn't really, I don't think I appreciated your sarcasm initially because I couldn't always tell the difference between when you were being sarcastic and when you were just being an asshole. I'm never an asshole. (laughs) What are you talking about? I I think I learned over time that like you're just that is your style of humor is sarcasm. Mm -hmm. And that you were a lot of times in those moments when I felt like you were being mean, you were trying to be funny, but it came across in a different way to me. And so that was one of the things that I had to learn about you and you had to learn about me and then I know you kind of had to soften yourself a little bit for me because you were like, Ooh, I, I probably hurt her hurt her feelings if I say that. Well, you have so many feelings. <clears throat> yes, I you have one feeling. I have one I have feeling. Many. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, but you're
1: right. And I think that the the sarcasm or the sense of humor. And I know a lot of people think that, you know, sarcasm is something that everybody hides behind. I just have a dry, quick wit. Mm-hmm you know, and that can be hurtful at times. Yes. Unfortunately, um, it is never my intent. Of course, No, I've I've learned that unless you're, you know, some
0: weirdo or something
1: like that on the street, then, you know, I might throw, (laughs) throw
0: rocks at you or something.
1: (laughs) No, I'm kidding. But it's, it is. And, And you're right. I've, I've tempered that, you know, because I don't want to hurt your feelings in any way, shape or form. And, Ultimately, what this comes right back around to is being able to look at the relationship, at life, at statements, etc. from the other person's shoes. Absolutely. yeah. So being able to put myself into your shoes has enabled me to recognize when my words might be hurtful what are some of the ways that you see the dynamics in our relationship changing or evolving over time things that you've that maybe you've had to adapt to in our relationship when we're having a conflict
0: well I know in I won't say just in this relationship and all my relationships, I've always had a tendency that when, when I get hurt, I will just shut down and I will close up and I'll just go within. And, uh, when, when I would do that with you in the beginning of our relationship, that would immediately trigger your sense of abandonment. You know, you felt like I was leaving you. And, um, and I think we both would suddenly go into this, like, fear mode of, oh God, you know, our relationship's not going to make it. I don't want to lose her, but I've messed it up. And, you know, we kind of tended to make things feel bigger than they were. Right. And it was because we had so much fear around losing what we had finally found. Um, And I think what really helped you and I was being able to just talk about what it's like being in that moment after the moment, you know, like looking back and thinking, being really honest and vulnerable and saying, when you say things to me like that, it makes me feel like you don't respect me. Or um, you saying, you know, when you, when you just won't talk to me and you shut down, then I feel like you're just closing me out completely and you're going to abandon me. Mm-hmm. And we had to talk about those things in order to really be true to ourselves and one another and be able to not just acknowledge it, but say, it's okay. And, you know, thank you for telling me because now I understand where where you're at when there is a conflict. And, you know, we were able to get to kind of learn ways to help each other. Like, for example, me being able to, you know, to tell you I, I'm upset and or I'm angry and I need time. So I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back in a couple of hours so that you didn't so that you always know that I'm coming back. I'm not leaving for good. Yeah. And I think, you know, for me, you've gotten really really good at just acknowledging where my feelings might have gone and how I may have perceived what you said in a particular way. Um so that your apology feels sincere and it feels like you understand me and you're not just Apologizing to placate me in some way. I feel like we, we, when we apologize to one another, it's very sincere.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that that's a good spot right there to bring up is that when, you, when a couple or a person in a relationship does make an apology, it really does need to come from a, a place of sincerity. And if you're not ready to apologize if it's going to be snarky, if it's, I'm doing it because I need this, or I want this, or I don't like the feelings in the house. None of that really matters, you know, because it's a moment of be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you aren't ready to apologize to me, or vice versa, you know, there have been times where we needed extra time to cool off or to process emotions to sit with them. And it's not always comfortable, you know, on either side, you know, when you need those moments of I'm going to go away, because you're right, like in the beginning, like you would just leave. There were a few times that I caught you literally running out of my house when we were still dating. And those abandonment fears are really strong for me. It is something that I'm working through, but it is also... You know, a moment for you to take into account, like, oh my gosh, this feels like I'm leaving forever. And I appreciate that you do that with me. And it puts me in a place of reciprocation, of saying, you know what, my snarkiness, my sarcasm, um, the fact that I am 99.9% always in my brain and I say things that may be very literal, but maybe also be very hurtful, has to be
0: tempered. Yeah. And I think also being able, you and I both learning to acknowledge what you call attempts at repairing, where, you know, it might be something as simple as a touch, you know, a gentle touch, like when I walk past you, like, yeah, we're not speaking and we're upset with each other, but I might just brush your shoulder or scratch your back just to let you know i love you and i think you know the more we have grown together as a couple the better we've gotten at acknowledging and recognizing those different ways that we both try to make things right Mm
1: All right, so I want to elaborate a little bit on this concept of repair attempts. Uh, it is a concept that we learned from um, Dr. John Gottman. He wrote the book called *The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work*, and it—I think it was one of like the most pivotal books that we read because, Absolutely. because it really showed... We still haven't finished it. We
0: haven't... Sh- it was so pivotal it was that so, we had to allow things we, to integrate before we continued. Well, and
1: that's actually true because a lot yes, of the exercises yes. in there ask us to be very introspective, yes, um, which is a beautiful thing, but can also be very uncomfortable at times. Um, but he created this idea of repair attempts And basically it was how we interact with each other after a conflict. And Tamara brought up the idea of, you know, she would touch my shoulder or scratch my back, which she knows when she scratches my back, it immobilizes me. So it's not really a fair repair attempt. (laughs) She's over here nodding. I'm not going to expand on that. But
0: yes, (laughs) it's true. I do. I, I can literally put you into like a trance when I scratch your back.
1: Yep. Absolutely. So the The idea of the repair attempt is a, it's to be a very subtle way of trying to say I'm sorry before I actually say I'm sorry. It's testing the waters to see how the other person receives those those subtle moments between each other. And typically, it's a nonverbal communication. It can be a straight out I'm sorry. Um, you know, or if, it
0: might be one of us doing something for the other person. Right,
1: right. And it's not necessarily the guilty flowers thing, although I did try that once. It Uh, didn't work. It didn't work. (laughs) And she got a lot of grief at work. (laughs) So um, we we won't be doing that again. But Anyway, so the repair attempts, if they are ignored, can actually cause more damage and more conflict later on down the line because that person then perceives that, oh, the wall is now up and I'm locked out. I've been a really bad person. I've done something really bad. I should be punished. And so then that negativity gets internalized for the individual that tried the repair attempt. And so you know, if you are at all inclined to pick up this book, or if you, you know, are struggling in your own marriage or your relationship uh, with the other person not receiving, they may not be aware of it. But I think for us, once we started to identify, that's a repair attempt, like it opened up our our way of thinking so that we didn't stay shut down to one another, like we originally had when we first started our relationship, even though, we eventually came back together. We didn't notice each other's repair attempts mostly because our fights were over text messaging.
0: Yeah, yeah. We didn't have the opportunity to you know, when you're separated like that physically, you don't have the opportunity to have those moments where you can show your partner in nonverbal ways, like you said, that I'm I'm feeling bad or I wanna make things right or, you know, just a simple I love you and here's, here's, let me show you how, you know, it's like it really difficult to do those things when you're in separate places. But they were still there. They were still there. We just didn't recognize
1: it. And and I think that's because we didn't have the verbiage.
0: We didn't. Yeah. That's very true.
1: And that's part of the arsenal. So these repair attempts are one of our tools. And I think that it would be a good idea to maybe share our last conflict that we just had a couple of days ago.
0: Okay. Okay, so our last fight, disagreement, whatever, was really stupid. Um, But (laughs) they usually are. They usually are. I, you know, I think, yeah, where they... The ways in which they start are stupid, but there's always something underneath that that mm-hmm. is really important to pay attention to and acknowledge. And um, in this instance, what happened was you were you were making dinner. You usually do all the cooking, mm-hmm. and uh, I asked you if you wanted any help, and you said, "Sure, if you want to." Yeah,
1: and I did that intentionally because you never really want to cook. That's not your thing. Yeah. And so I assumed, oh, she'll say no. But this is my polite way of saying stay out of my kitchen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) and I took that as, oh, she wants me to help. So I'm going to get up and help. And I think this, I mean, and this is what I'm saying about it's really important to say what you mean. Because you didn't really want my help in the first place. And I think that's why the argument started. I didn't really want to be in there. Yeah. Neither of us wanted me in the kitchen, (laughs) but I was there and I started making the salad and, you know, within just a couple minutes you were, you know, correcting me and regulating me. Yeah. Yeah, You were like, you know, that's too much celery and you know, uh, that's not enough lettuce and that's not enough. And, you know, and I just felt like you were trying to control. And, um, and again, that all started with, You didn't want me in the kitchen and I didn't really want me in the kitchen, (laughs) but I also was feeling bad, like, you know, just sitting there, uh, relaxing while you were cooking dinner. So I think it's, you know, I think the lesson that we learned, um, was it's really important to be intentional and about what you say. And when your partner offers to help, if you don't want their help, it's okay to say, no, I got this. You know, because I was out yesterday in the rain making cages for your plants, you know, so that the critters that are eating them will stop eating them.
1: That's how I know she loves me. I mean, (laughs) we're talking like a downpour and she's got these raindrops just streaming over her face and I'm going, I am a shithead. Seriously, I feel guilty. And I kept popping out there like, do you want my help?
0: Do you want my help? And And I was honest and I said, no.
1: Yeah, because me and power tools...
0: Well, Don't I would have been well. more concerned that you would hurt yourself. Which would have happened. <laughs> I mean, there was a nail gun, a, you know, compound miter saw, there was power tools. It just and I use nonstick cookware. <laughs> there were tin snips, you know, it just wasn't a good idea. So I think, you know, it's, but all that to say, like there disagreements are going to happen, but we were able to resolve our disagreement in I think a fair amount of time within just a few hours, we both cooled off enough that we could come together and we could talk and I could say to you, you know, I didn't, I felt like you were trying to control me and you, you were able to say to me, I didn't really want you in my kitchen in the first damn place. (laughs) And then, you know, you were just, you were, I I think what it really came down to is I wasn't doing it the way that you do it. And it was such a stupid thing to fight about, but I think it just, Brings us back to the point of like, I knew truly like your intentions were good and my intentions were good. I was trying to help you. You were trying to make us a nice dinner and you like to do things your way. Well, yeah. I mean, that's because it's the right way, but no. (laughs) Okay. Anyway. (laughs) No, but I think, you know, we, we used some of our tools, I think in, in talking and, you know, it took us a couple of hours to both cool off and, and talk about it. But when we did, it felt like it was just, it was easier than it's been in the past. Something like that happening in the past, you know, even six or eight months ago might have caused us to not speak to each other for like two days. Right. Which would have been painful for us. And the kids would have felt like they were walking on eggshells and, all this stuff, it could have just led to so much more drama. But instead, we were able to contain it. And, you know, I think you and I have both gotten better at taking things that are negative and trying to look at it in a positive light to get ourselves from here to there that much faster.
1: Right. Absolutely. And and you're right. It, it wasn't... I think control is a really strong word here. I don't think it was that I was trying to control you. It was that I had a vision for what our meal would look like. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten really adept at preparing things, you know, because you like your salads a certain way. Jay likes his a certain way. Rory likes hers a certain way. I like mine a certain way. And like, I have all of that memorized. Yeah. And... I felt myself getting flustered. Like, that's not it. Like, I don't want three stalks of celery on my salad. I don't even like that shit to begin with. I eat it because I have to. Um, and so, for me, I recognized you were getting frustrated. And if I said something or if I continued, then it would make the situation worse. Mm-hmm. And taking that pause and recognizing this is a button. This is a pivotal moment. I can either say something snarky back or I can walk away. And I chose to walk away because I felt like there, you know, like you said, there was something else. There was an undercurrent. It wasn't about the celery. It wasn't about a salad. It was that you and I didn't own what we were really trying to think or say, you know, and it goes back to the guilt. Because we've always done everything ourselves for so long, we feel like we need to continue that. And to stop and receive when the other person is willing to give is a very challenging thing for us.
0: And that's going to be a whole other podcast.
1: That's a whole other (laughs) podcast all on its own. So being able to just part and not necessarily, like we didn't have to leave the house. Honestly, where are we going to go? There's nowhere we can go. Everything's locked up right now um but we were able to just be on separate floors and cool off and then the text message came i'm not really upset with you although my phone was downstairs so <laughs> but you know there i think honestly tam there is a place and uh, you know for us to be able to actually use text messages yeah and that's another repair attempt that we actually use we're we're sending out that feeler of it's like a signal radio signal yeah hi remember me (laughs) still hate me (laughs) can we be friends again (laughs) yeah and so you know just being able to recognize but it's also a way of like if you sent that text message and i wasn't ready yet i don't send the response right because If I send a response when I'm not in that mindset, that puts us right back to early in our relationship where our text messages would be the actual fight.
0: Yeah. Well, and then things just continue to escalate from there. Okay. So in kind of wrapping up this episode, I think we should reiterate what we think some of the tools are that we've learned and think our listeners might want to check out one of them being the book, the seven principles of making marriage work by Dr. John Gottman. Um, Excellent book. We still haven't finished it. Like I said, we've been working on that book for a few months, but we, we know to work on it a little bit. We savor it. Yeah. Take some time to let things integrate and then go back to it. Um, we talked about you know noticing repair attempts mm-hmm. and how important that is i think we i don't know if we set it out right but i think there's always assuming positive intent is really important if you want to repair after a conflict um, assume that the other person wasn't just trying to get under your skin or make you feel bad or
1: whatever well and if they said something that was a little out of character for that person, that might be a good spot to check in with them.
0: Yeah. See what else is reach out.
1: Yeah. Because typically, nine times out of ten, it's not about you unless you've outright done something to piss them off. It's that person having an off day. Yeah. And everything else is setting them off too. So being able to stop and check in with the person. And also you know, it goes back to the old adage, say what you mean and mean what you say. Yep. Speak your truth. You know, it was we learned from our, quote unquote, little quarrel, uh, that I didn't say what I really wanted. I wanted Tam to just relax while I gave to her a meal and the kids. They're they're kind of offshoots of this whole thing. Really not that important. <laughs> um <laughs> But being able to give to her and knowing that when dinner's done, she cleans the kitchen and it's a symbiotic relationship. If she stepped into the kitchen, then I feel obligated to clean up afterwards. Oh,
0: that's where it oh, really came from. Yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> ding, ding, ding.
1: <laughs> and I hate doing dishes as much as I hate folding laundry. So say what you mean, mean what you say, but say it in a way that takes the other person's heart thought process and character into account because like I mentioned earlier both of us have had to learn to speak each other's languages and that's a challenge but it is part of the process of really committing to one another and being vulnerable
0: not just committing but connecting
1: connect yeah I think that's even a better choice you know connecting with one another Mm. and knowing that you are each other's person.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself, baby. Oh
1: God, my one feeling is working overtime <laughs> today. So if if you are interested at all in uh having one of us coach you or coach you and your partner or spouse, uh we certainly don't have all the answers, of course, but we have walked through a lot of them. And we come at this from a very heartfelt place. And we do truly care about all of our clients. So if you are interested, you can look us up. Um, We do have an email now for this podcast. It is newlywednotions at neogenesisnutrition.com. You can also just go to the website of neogenesisnutrition.com and go through the contact form there. So thank you for listening to us. Hopefully you pulled something from this conversation.
0: We hope you're all staying safe and healthy with COVID-19 quarantine. It looks like we're going to get a little bit of freedom here in the next few weeks. Um, Just wishing you all staying safe and healthy. Take care.